Hear the whispers from within, battles to restore, ailings to relieve. Feel the nature keeping us, nature healing us. Flowers, leaves, and rules within. Hear the mind calming you, soothing you. Love and kindness inside out. Let the herbs from middle world heal. Welcome wellness. Welcome wellness. It's revealed herbs, middle world herbs. Hello and welcome to the Middle World Herbs Natural Wellbeing Series, where we talk about restoring and maintaining your health in safe and natural ways while incorporating both the physical and the emotional side of healing. My name is Deanne and we go live on Fridays every week at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, although sometimes we change up the day a little bit. So today it is Thursday, even though a lot of people think it's a Friday. It is Thursday and we are coming at you live at 3 p.m. So Pacific Standard Time. But every single week we do a different episode on a different aspect of health. And this week, one of the big topics we've been talking about was immune responses. And we were talking last week off camera about allergies being bad. So we'll probably get to talk about that as well. And I'm here with our very special guest. And this is our scientific consultant, our middle world herbs expert, Dr. Jackie Leone, who's a naturopathic medical doctor, board certified holistic nutritionist and psychology enthusiast. So welcome, welcome. And when you think about the topic of your immune system being off balance, what comes to your mind? And tell us a little bit about your path into naturopathic medicine. I think I love this question. Thank you. So. Um... I was one of those little kids who was always, always had strep throat or a staph infection or food poisoning or, so I have had my run of um, experiences, I should say, with immune dysfunction, but I didn't know it at the time. I don't think probiotics or the immune system at large was really studied the way that, that uh, it is now. Um, and so doctors just would see, you know, family with three kids, we're all outdoors, they're like getting infections are good, it builds the immune system. But what was happening in reality uh, was the immune system was degrading because of the overuse of antibiotics. And I didn't learn that until much later in medical school. And it kind of all clicked and made sense. Um, and since working to reprogram things like that and apply what I learned in medical school, it's a day and night difference. So, and I don't think I'm alone. You know, I saw a lot of patients um, in practicing that were struggling with, they didn't understand all these symptoms look like they don't relate. Um, but when we really kind of drew the lines and connected the dots, we found that the common root cause was immune dysfunction um, and gut imbalance. And so I think it's pretty cool because it feels like it's magic, but it's really just science because it can profoundly change people's lives. So I've actually lived the immune kind of uh, shuffle, I guess, because, you know, when you're working with healing the immune system, it's kind of sometimes one step forward, two steps back. Um, and it can be an uphill battle, uh, but once you get there, it's totally worth it. And I think applying it to myself, me being like my first patient uh, in med medical school really helped me find a passion for things related to the immune system. And then the immune system, which we'll talk about today is highly related to the GI system um, and some other things that are going on in the body. And so my favorite systems are kind of all interrelated, which is no surprise. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited to talk about today. 
Awesome. All right. Well, before we get started, I have two supplements to introduce to you guys from Little World Herbs, and they both provide amazing support for immune health. Our first one is Little World Immune Support. This one has quercetin and bromelain, which is a prebiotic. And then, oh, I'm sorry. And this one has the bromelain. And then this is our prebiotic, probiotic. So we have those two ones that we're really going to focus on. And then I have some bonus ones too that I'll mention as well. So including we have the mushrooms and then we have our berberine with HCL. So those are the other ones too. So berberine has many benefits. It's been proven to help with immune health due to its antioxidant properties. And of course, when we look at mushrooms, that has the chonga, reishi, lion's mane, shiitake, miyatake mushrooms. These have also been shown to have immune balancing effects due to their ability to fight free radicals in the body. So just keep those two in mind when we're talking about immune support today. And also, please be sure to hit the follow button if you haven't already. That just helps us all stay connected to each other. And thank you to everyone who's hit it so far. That has been great. It just helped us get seen more on Amazon too. And to all of our friends and followers who are listening to us right now, if you have any questions for Dr. Jackie about immune health, you can just type them in the chat and we'd love to answer your questions as well. And hello to Eva who has joined us. So Dr. Jackie, if your patient comes in and they're complaining that they catch a bug that goes around, um, what are some of the things that you look at to identify the root cause? So if they're like always getting sick. So if somebody's always getting sick or kind of always vulnerable to um, cold and flu season, especially, uh, I look at a lot of different things, but I think what I start with is what I mentioned um, in the intro with which is childhood, you know, like what is your medical history? Uh, overuse of antibiotics is usually a dead giveaway for letting me know that it's a degraded microbiome, uh, which is our gut, you know, probiotics, gut flora or beneficial bacteria, uh, which drive a lot of the immune system activity. And so that's probably a place that I start most is health history. Um, but outside of, you know, were you on a lot of antibiotics as a child or teen, we have to look at you know, past medical conditions uh, or current, you know, do you have an autoimmune disease? Do you have a family history of autoimmune disease? Uh, we also want to look at medications that you're taking for another um, issue or illness. Could that be causing side effects of immune dysfunction? Um, you know, some medications that help some illnesses can suppress the immune system. So if I can kind of control for those things, make sure there's, you know, nothing there, then we dig a little bit deeper. Kind of, I do this with every patient because I think it's super important. Um, but I consider environmental toxins, um, you know, uh, obesity um, adds to immune dysfunction. Uh, what's your diet like? Are you nutrient deficient, antioxidant deficient? Because the immune cells that you know our body makes re require a lot of nutrition, um, specific nutrients, very specific. So if you're not eating them or taking them in a supplement form, you're just literally not making those cells. Um, so also exercise, sleep, right? Are you resting enough, giving your immune system a chance to catch up and actually uh, fight off any of these pathogens? Um, are you highly stressed? Because stress causes a lot of uh, damage to the immune system. And a lot of times people have a lot of these going on at once. And it's usually not just one culprit in terms of 
you know, maybe they're, you know, a little overweight, not eating as well as they want to, not hydrating as much, they're not really sleeping, or they have some sleep disturbance, and they have a high stress demanding lifestyle or job. So it's a lot of those things. Um, but when I consider all of that at the end of the day, again, underneath all of those things, it's going to be the microbiome, the gut flora, the healthy bacteria, um, how well we are absorbing the nutrition we are eating. Uh, and so they're kind of all interrelated and all share similar root causes and in inflammation, oxidative stress, and just killing off those healthy microbes in general. So those are, those are really keystones. If you listening or watching playback have any history of over antibiotic use or anything that I mentioned, it could be a gut flora issue for you. Uh, probiotics and prebiotics in that case, you know, could, could use a little So. Yeah. So for patients who are kind of stuck in that like pattern where they just kind of always get the reoccurring effect infection and you figured out the root cause or at least tried to figure it out, what do you then do to get them to like break that cycle so that they're not continually getting sick? It is, it's definitely going to be a combination of tools that we're going to use, right? So it, it depends on what issue in their life is causing the most harm. So if somebody is like eating relatively healthy, but maybe they have like convenience foods a few times a week, but their life is very stressful. They've had a lot of loss recently. Um, you know, people who have high level jobs or are struggling financially or going through separation or have lost a loved one, you know, all of these things happening at one time. Um, it's going to be the stress issue that's causing more degradation to the immune system than the diet. But if somebody lives a relatively balanced lifestyle in terms of their stress level, they have like peaks and valleys, but overall it's not overly stressed, but they are addicted to fast food or boxed or convenience foods, let's say, then we need to really focus and start with the diet because chances are it's a nutrient deficiency. So it's my job to help interpret the messages of your body, relay them back to you, us do the necessary tests to figure out um, and gather the necessary information to figure out what really is highest priority right now. And then we go ahead and address it. But eventually, I will be honest, 99% of uh, people, my patients, my clients, myself, um, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything, but you can't learn six new life skills at once. You know, if you're used to eating fast food all the time, and you're high stress and you drink a lot of alcohol to cope and you have insomnia, we really need to focus on what are the one or two highest priority things that are gonna give us the most bang for our buck and start there and then everything else follows. But changing all of that all at once is very overwhelming and taxes the immune system more. And so it's really slow and steady with the immune system. We start at the thing that's highest priority and we move forward from there and slowly but surely build and add on these really important life skills, uh, new relationships to food, to balance, to our thoughts and emotions and all the things, right? Um, so <laughs> I hope that answered the question. It's all the things yeah. starting with the most uh, biggest priority first and moving through the list kind of. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's different for each person. Every person. Yeah. Well, it's like saying to someone, don't stress. Well, that makes you feel more stressed because then you're like, I yeah. can't not stress. Now my level of stress just like hit the roof. So yeah, it's not like it's so easy that you can just turn it off. So it's definitely, like you said, slow and steady in, in a process. So what are there lifestyle habits that maybe we can just kind of really put to the forefront of mind as some that we should ditch? 
So I think there, there are definitely a handful that are going to be more impactful than others for sure. And yeah, I agree with you when somebody's like, oh, just relax or just stop stressing. I'm like, why didn't I think of that in the first place? You're so, thank you. You know, thank you for, for telling me something I didn't know. Um, you know, a little cheeky because clearly if we could, we would, right? So again, it really depends on what the cause, um, you know, of the immune system issues are, but for you, if it's a food issue, really working to cut down excess sugar, uh, sugar is very inflammatory and damaging in general, but specifically to the gut, which is where a lot of the immune system lives about 70%. So excess sugar, alcohol, um, anything that breaks down into sugar, like dairy, because it contains lactose, these can all cause inflammation. Um, and so being able to remove those um, and then support the system that's left, right? After we remove the, the problem, um, you know, not resting enough. So you want to get some sleep. Um, so make sure you're getting your seven to nine hours as consistently as possible. Um, that's where your immune system does its most work. And so we want to give it that opportunity to do its job and do it really well. And giving our body sleep um, allows the immune system to do that. Uh, then we, you know, working on stress, find stress outlets um, and ways to process your stress and ways to train the nervous system, right? So get a creative hobby, exercising, movement is huge. Um, you know, therapeutic release, like, like art therapy, um, some people like to dance. Some people like to do yoga or martial arts, but you know, whatever is going to allow you to move and utilize and burn off of all of those stress hormones you, you accumulated throughout the day, right? Adrenaline, cortisol, all of those things have to go somewhere and they need a place to uh, detox the body, move through the body, be processed. And movement is, is great for that, um, as well as deep breathing exercises being meditative and relaxing and mindful that's going to allow the nervous system to calm down and shift tracks from fight or flight which is very again very damaging to the immune system to this place of rest and digest where the immune health can rise the activity of the immune cells rises when we're restful so just kind of relax eat the rainbow move your body drink some water and do what you can to be your own friend in your head and those are you know, kind of the backbone of a really strong immune system and just vitality in general. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. What about things like a sauna? I don't know. Are there like outside things you can do mm -hmm. as well? Yeah. So if you have mastered the basics or you're pretty comfortable with the basics and you want to move on to adding more stuff, or you just want to add stuff, who cares if you've mastered it or not? It's usually easier once you kind of you know, like saunas and things are fantastic. But if you're not good at hydrating your body, you probably don't want to go in an environment that's going to create a high sweat release, right? Um, and so when I say master the basics, it's just like making sure you have nutrition for repair from these things, making sure we're hydrated and well-rested. So it doesn't, because saunas and hydrotherapies and things are fantastically therapeutic, but in people who may be toxic, have autoimmune disease, be ill already, sometimes it can, um, you know, cause more harm than good, not always, but sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we want to be aware of that. But from there, um, there are tons of things that we can do with hydrotherapy. So hydro means water. Okay. So anything that's going to utilize hot and cold water is going to help to, um, stimulate the immune system, reset the nervous system. 
So taking a really hot shower for about 10 minutes and then as cold of water as you can tolerate for about three to five minutes. Um, and doing that once or twice, uh, you know, a week could be really, really helpful. It's called contrast shower hydrotherapy. Uh, you could do that in um, buckets of water with your feet. Uh, you can do saunas and then cold pools and then saunas and then cold pools. Um, these are all really great ways to stimulate the immune system and for different ways or reasons. So when we're getting really hot in a sauna or steam room, let's say, our body temperature is rising. Bacteria and viruses can't live in a body temperature at a, at a certain temperature, right? That's why we get fevers because our body's trying to kill them, kill these pathogens. So we're doing that artificially with our environment. And then we're using cold, right? To cool the body quickly, again, helping stimulate the immune system, rush all of that warmed blood that's at the surface that's been working for us and raising our, our temperature and then shoving it back into the organs to be re-nutrified and oxygenated. And it's just really powerful when we can manipulate our own circulation simply by exposing ourselves to different temperatures of water. Um, outside of hydrotherapy, there are uh, two other kind of, I guess, cheats, <laughs> not cheats, but just little hacks that not a lot of people know about, but can go, you know, it's a little work for a lot of benefit. And the first one is skin brushing. And the second one is lymph drainage or lymph massage. So skin, dry skin brushing is just getting a soft to medium bristled brush. Um, like one you might, you know, see for showers to scrub your back. Um, and you basically just brush your skin in these short strokes. And that really opens up the capillaries in the skin, causing flushing, pinkness, redness. But that's what we want. We want to bring blood flow to the skin surface. And anytime again, we're encouraging blood flow, we're encouraging healing, we're encouraging vitality, right? Um, and so skin brushing is great, sloughs off dead skin cells, encourages new collagen and fibrin, uh, wakes up the nerves in the whole body, um, and can also aid in that parasympathetic or, or chill out nervous system um, that, that you really wanna go for to support the immune system. Now, the last one being the lymph drainage. So what is our immune system really? Sorry, I'm gonna get on a, a two minute tangent, everyone. So strap in. <laughs> um, the immune system in terms of its structure is a system specific to creating cells meant to protect us from external pathogens, viruses, bacteria, fungi, yeast, protozoa, all these things. So the lymph system is essentially where that exchange happens. White blood cells, um, you know, are in our lymph nodes and we tend to get swollen lymph nodes when our immune system is really highly activated and fighting things off, for instance, like a strep throat. You know, you'll get those tonsillar kind of lymph nodes swollen here, maybe down your neck, maybe even in your face if you have an infection or something. Um, and the way lymph nodes work, everyone, is imagine a pearl necklace and it's the string and then the bead and then the string and then the bead and then the string and the bead and so on and so forth. That's essentially the structure of lymph nodes. So they have these ducts and then the node and then ducts and then a node and then a duct and then a node. And each node um, basically makes uh, lymph cells that it delivers into the bloodstream in order to do its job. And it, they can collect and swell with debris and when things are breaking down and our immune system stimulated. And so they can get swollen because there's no heart pumping lymph to the next bead. It gets stuck in one of the beads and 
it can't move through the beads to the thoracic duct to where it can drain fully, right? And clear the whole system. So we get that swelling in certain places, but we can manually move that lymph, all of that trapped fluid or that swelling. Um, if you wake up with a puffy face, for example, um, some people get them in their groin or in their armpits. Um, these are all high places of, of lymph node activity, immune system, um, you know, location. So anywhere you're getting any of that stagnation, just manually moving the lymph nodes and pushing on those little beads till they get to the ne next bead and then the next bead and then the next bead, it doesn't even have to be very hard pressure, really allows for depuffing, for drainage, for circulation, and to allow and to stimulate the immune system. So we are essentially like the heart beats blood through the cardiovascular system, arteries and things. Um, we are being the heart and pumping, moving the lymph through the lymph system. And that is very helpful for the immune system because now we are helping it mechanically move along, which otherwise it would take physical movement, exercise, um, you know, and hot and cold and things like that versus us directly doing it for ourselves. And so we see benefits significantly faster than if we weren't doing lymph drainage massage. So anyhow, hope, hopefully that tangent was beneficial or helpful for us oh, all yeah. picturing our systems. While you were doing it, I had to go on Amazon because I was like dry brushing. I've heard of this, but like, how much are they? What is this? And they're like $5.99. So I threw in the chat yeah. that I saw that also helps with the massage of lymphatic drainage. So I thought, well, there you go. Two for one. Yes. Um, I haven't used it, but I put a link in there <laughs> just to help people. Um, but yeah, I know that's so cool. I need to try that. I have not done that. And I have also kept thinking about... Off? Oh, go ahead. Wait, what is it? What were you saying? Well, the, heard the wash off. Have you seen the little jade paddles that people... Yes, and funny enough, I had a jade roller and then I just for Easter in my Easter basket was one with the, the little tool. So now I need to try yeah. that. I'm so excited. So I have, yeah, that. I do it all the time. You, you do. Well, no wonder you have like yeah. gorgeous skin and, and contoured face. So it's working. <laughs> um, do you refrigerate yours ahead of time to keep it cool? Um, I do with the roller to help with depuffing because that's really yeah. having something cold and then the pressure really helps. But the gua sha, I just keep next to my serums and everything that I use for my face. So it's like this immediate, as soon as I put it on, that's how I put it. You know, it's a two for one because I'm working the lymph and loosening yeah. up tight muscles. Um, but I'm also driving in any serums or anything that I'm putting on my face. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I really yeah. love gua sha. That is, um, that's another kind of hack, I guess, but it does all the things I already said. It's just a specific tool to use to accomplish it. It's specific it, but... to the face. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to do that now because yeah, I have it and I haven't opened it, but I was like using it my serum. I do that every day, but I use my finger. So why not use the tool? I love yeah. that. And you can, you, you know, you can do your own little facial stuff. You don't necessarily need the tool. Um, I like the grooves of the tool because like, you know, they have that little groove so you can groove right over the cheekbone or right into the jawline. So you can kind of okay. get a, a nice little sandwich effect. Um, no. it, it can get yeah, in there. Like, not, yeah. They're not that expensive either. I mean, I'll try to see if I find a link while you're talking about like it. I think they're like, yeah, they're like Mine was under like eight dollars or something. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. What That's you don't have cool. to spend a ton of money to be able to maintain mm -hmm. like natural ways of keeping yourself healthy and keeping your body moving. Exactly. And, you know, 
Yeah, or free 99 use your fingers so yeah you have yeah free 99 i love that yep 99 <laughs> um okay so let's see okay another thing to ask you is we know that there's like an anti-inflammation diet is there a pro-immune health diet is there anything we could be doing with what we eat uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I don't think that there's like a pro immune per se, uh, because it's going to be unique to everyone. Um, but everybody is very, very different and people can tolerate very different things and eat very differently and have different dietary preferences and ethical preferences. And so I don't think that there's like a one size fits all pro uh, immune health, but I do know just basics of how the immune system works, what it requires and first and foremost is probiotics and probiotics like i said were those healthy bacteria um, that comprise a lot of the immune system and ways to get them in our body if we're not supplementing are fermented foods so fermented foods we think of i think of our kimchi sauerkraut um, yogurt super common you can get a dairy-free yogurt that has probiotics added uh, if you are dairy-free um, kefir which is kind of like a yogurt type drink um, again, can be dairy free. So these are all fermented foods. They all have healthy bacteria that are, that are going to populate the microbiome. And then they need something very specific that they eat to survive. So we're going to eat the probiotics and then we're going to eat what they eat. And that is fiber. Um, fiber is a, is what's known as a prebiotic or responsible for feeding probiotics. It's what the little microbes munch on. And so anything that's high in fiber, um, inulin, uh, flax seeds, chia seeds, uh, fruits and vegetables, obviously, these things are going to be really fantastic for helping feed the healthy um, microbiome or probiotics. And they're also going to give you a nice regular bowel movement. And so when we're regularly getting rid of toxins, that's also helpful to our immune system. And we want to be having a bowel movement about once every 24 to 36 hours. Um, and so if you're not and constipation is a problem for you, then, um, you know, you want to look into fiber and probiotics as well, because that's going to help that plus the immune stuff if you are struggling with that. Uh, so outside of probiotics and uh, prebiotics in our food, so fermented foods and fiber, um, we need very specific nutrients to make the cells, the white blood cells. And the most important we found are vitamin C, which is a water soluble vitamin, vitamin D, which is a fat soluble vitamin, um, zinc, selenium, iron are all minerals necessary to make um, immune cells. And then last but not least, we need protein. So our body, whenever we're making stuff, always is gonna need protein because protein is made up of amino acids and carbs and fat give our body energy to do stuff, right? As well as a few other jobs, but mainly they give us energy. Protein is super unique out of all the macronutrients because those are the building blocks for stuff. How we get muscle growth, how we turn over cells, you know, new um, skin cells when we get a cut or a wound, how our hair grows. Um, and in this case, making immune cells. And so we need protein to go along with all of those nutrients in a diet in order to give the body what it needs to make sufficient cells. And that's really going to help um, add to the integrity of the immune system. So if we can focus on those handful of micronutrients and then probiotics or fermented foods and fiber as prebiotics, that's really going to be a very sound foundation. Um, now, where you get the vitamin C 
and zinc and selenium and iron is going to be different, right? So some people might have a citrus allergy. Some people might have a berry allergy. Some people, you know, can't go out into the sun, which is where we synthesize vitamin D because they have a history of skin cancer. And some people can, and some people can eat a, a bunch of berries and pomegranates and things to get their vitamin C. So to say like a specific food diet, um, I think is, is difficult to nail down, but if we can say the food should contain these things and whatever that food looks like for you, um, then that's what we should eat. Right. And so whatever foods you dig that have C, D, selenium, zinc, uh, iron, some protein, and then make sure we eat or take probiotics and eat some fiber and you'll be good. That's what I would say is the pro immune diet. If I had to make one up. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Eva was asking about citrus fruits. So you answered that. And then I know I've taken like little immunity shots and I think it was raspberry and ginger, like a high dosage mm -hmm. of that. And that was, those were delicious. And then I've also done the yeah. like two ginger pepper shots for immunity. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good quality ways to get yeah, your immune system going. To speak to the ginger and anybody who takes those wellness shots, it's great. Ginger and capsicum or like pepper, hot pepper, cayenne shots, anything that's going to have something spicy like that in there um, is a blood circulator. And just like hydrotherapy and skin brushing um, and exercise and all that stuff, what is the bottom line? Moving blood, right? We need to move blood. And so that's why ginger and pepper and all those warming things are in wellness shots because we're increasing blood flow and by increasing blood flow we're increasing oxygen and nutrients to the whole body okay that's really cool yeah i never knew why it was in there i just knew i liked them <laughs> yeah and then i also so remember from your your past show remember we were talking about the hydrotherapy where you said like put your feet in warm water and then put the cold towel on your neck and Mm -hmm. In case someone missed that show, I just, I haven't tried it yet, but I just think that's such a cool way to get your blood circulating and yes. not having to jump into a hot pool, cold pool, just to be able to do it in one area. So I still need to try that. Super helpful. But, yeah. yeah. I highly recommend if anybody's curious or interested, just Google or look up or YouTube um, hydrotherapy or contrast hydrotherapy or lymph drainage or face yoga or gua sha. Just look it up. Check it out. Let me know what you think when we hang awesome. out next week. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, let's talk about our immune support supplement that we have. This one has quercetin and bromelain, and the formula includes 500 milligrams of quercetin per capsule and 100 milligrams of bromelain. The bottle is 60 veggie capsules, and the daily dosage is just one capsule. It's $19.99, but during our lives, we give you an additional 20% off. So it's only $15.99. And this is one of my favorite supplements that we have here. Um, it's an antioxidant powerhouse. And Dr. Jackie, can you tell us a little bit about the connection between antioxidants and immune health? Yeah, of course. And that, you know, I should have mentioned that in your previous question about the diet. Um, vitamin C, vitamin D, not vitamin D, vitamin C, um, and a couple of the other minerals I mentioned, they're all antioxidants. So clearly a diet high in antioxidants is gonna be super beneficial for the immune system. Um, and so I wanna throw that in there for sure. Anti-inflammatory and antioxidant uh, foods, like you said, in your wellness shot with ginger, right? And raspberry. So um, both raspberry, vitamin C, ginger really warming uh, and helpful for circulation. So. 
uh, and an antioxidant property. So anyhow, um, I wanted to throw that in there. That That's my little edit. But yeah, I think, so when it comes to antioxidants in the immune system, we have talked in previous episodes, if anybody out there has watched them, so hopefully it's not too redundant, but free radical damage, right? So free radicals happen with regular breakdown and buildup every day of what's going on in our body, but the volume on free radicals is turned up when we are exposed to pollution, smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol, eat highly processed sugar, don't sleep, have a high stress life, don't drink water, um, you know, don't move our bodies. We're creating more free radicals. And so our free radicals go around and damage otherwise healthy cells in the body. Any cell, really, it can make anything go wonky, damage the DNA of a cell so it can't replicate, just straight up kill off immune cells in general. Um, and so antioxidants are awesome because they come and neutralize the free radicals, right? free radicals are really angry and beating everyone up and the antioxidants walk in and they're like, it's cool. You're all right. They comfort, share electrons, you know, uh, the, the sciencey aspect of what's happening. Free radicals don't have, you know, they're missing an electron. Antioxidants have a bunch of extra electrons. So they hand it over and the free radicals happy, stops beating everything up. And now the immune system can function. Um, when we have a lot of oxidative stress or, or those free radicals beating everybody up, the immune system has to focus on trying to stay regulated under that condition so it can't fight off pathogens or clean up other things we need it to clean up. And so it's degraded, it's slower, it's not as efficient, it's weaker. Um, so if we can aid the immune system by eating antioxidants or keeping oxidative stress low, then the immune system can, you know, do all these other projects for us and kill off that bacteria we touched on that door handle and then touched our mouth or, you know, um, that stress that we were dealing with with that deadline, uh, you know, so we can, our immune system can do other things because it's not oversaturated or over focused on trying to clean up oxidative stress. So antioxidants directly help support the immune system by taking that workload away and allowing it to become stronger and more vital to do its job better, really. So um, antioxidants are fantastic for the immune system and preventing inflammation, which we all know inflammation, it's red, it's hot, it's painful. When it's inside, it hurts or headaches and bloating and pain. And when it's outside, it's like itchy red. It's just not fun, right? And so if we can keep that at bay with just eating a lot of antioxidants and, and giving the immune system a break to do its job, we can prevent that whole cascade of stuff happening, which I think is really cool. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So one more thing to just remind everyone, we do have our two other supplements that we're not going to get into too much. So I want to remind you of the mushrooms. This has super antioxidant powers in it. And then the berberine with HCL 40. This is also an ancient antioxidant. So, those are two other options to help you get some antioxidants in there. So question for you, Dr. Jackie, is taking antioxidants, is that something that's going to help preventatively or is it helpful that it supports us when we're already dealing with an infection? That is a really good question. Yeah. And it's one I get a lot. Um, and the answer is both. So taking antioxidants regularly is just going to make the immune system stronger. It's going to, um, allow our cells to turn over better, heal better, faster. So we're more likely to be more vital to prevent infection and illness. So it's a great preventative or prophylactic 
um, way to protect ourselves is eating a lot of antioxidants or taking them. Then when we are acutely ill, antioxidants, because a lot of oxidative stress is happening. Think about all the stuff that's being broken down and used up and, um, you know, built back up and we're cycling through immune cells and they're dying and, you know, pathogens are winning and then, you know, immune cells are winning and then they're dying and metabolites and everything is, has to get sloughed away. And that's a lot going on. And so if we can take antioxidants in the middle of an acute or raise, you know, the amount we're taking a little bit in that acute phase for a few days and support the body that much more, uh, or give it the ingredients it needs to do its job better, then we won't be as ill for as long. Right. So yeah, we still got sick, even though we took antioxidants or ate antioxidants, it was the perfect storm for, Oh, we got ill. Well, instead of it kind of inching its way through for 10 days, we can knock it out in four to six days and be pretty much back to hundred percent by taking certain supportive nutrients and antioxidants and things. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, I think always having them around somewhere, if you're not taking them on the regular basis, just to have them in a pinch, like in an acute issue is going to be super helpful, but yeah, I think both both. preventative and acute for sure. Definitely. I know when I feel a cold coming on, I mean, I immediately am like zinc and vitamin C, like I just try to OD on it all. And I don't know if that's actually the doing anything or if it's placebo, but is there anything besides antioxidants, like vitamins or herbs that we should take to help with the yeah. immune support? Yeah. So it's hard to say outside of antioxidants because some things um, have a bunch of different things, if that makes sense. So some things are like mineral rich, some herbs and also antioxidant activity. Um, and so they're kind of like a four for one. Um, but, uh, you know, so we know C and E, uh, selenium, zinc, those are, you know, all very common antioxidants and, and supportive, but quercetin is very, very powerful in terms of its antioxidant properties and its ability to neutralize free radicals. So it can help with lymph drainage, swelling, edema, water retention. Um, it can, it's actually been found to seek out and kill, um, mutated cells, which could potentially turn into tumor cells or cancer cells. Um, it helps balance blood sugar, which is really fantastic and helpful when your immune system needs to do its job. Um, it, it's just very protective of the cardiovascular system and the heart, which again, we've talked about so much, but where blood flow goes, you know, healing goes. And so, um, I should say where blood flows, healing goes. So anything that's going to help with blood flow, protect the heart, cardiovascular system is going to be awesome for the immune system. And quercetin is really good at that. Um, now outside of like, you can eat antioxidants, but our body makes a handful, um, glutathione being the strongest. So anytime you want to take a substance to support glutathione to regenerate itself or make more, hands down worth it. So NAC, if anybody's heard that thrown around out there in the supplement world, N-acetylcysteine or NAC helps replenish glutathione in the body. And so taking an NAC supplement can be super helpful if glutathione isn't being produced um, in the body. It just supports that pathway. Uh, Then we have vitamin D, which we've talked about. It is a fat soluble vitamin, but what it does is it um, tempers damaging of immune cells from inflammation processes that could be happening. So go out in the sun. If you don't have a history of skin cancer and that's not a concern for you, 10 to 15 minutes, no sunscreen, um, you know, with about half your skin showing if possible, 50%. 
is, uh, you know, enough vitamin D to last a few days to a week, depending on the person. So, and where you're located, of course. Um, and then some herbs that kind of spring to mind when I think of immune health. And when I, when I think about these herbs, I try to think of food as medicine, right? Because can I talk about scutellaria, which is skull cap, uh, and how amazing it is? Yeah. But does, do people have skull cap hanging around their kitchen? No, but do they have garlic? or mushrooms, like maybe chances are pretty high. Um, and so yeah, skullcap is an amazing herb. Uh, if you haven't heard of scutellaria or skullcap, it's very specific. Yeah. For protecting the immune system. Um, but garlic reishi mushrooms, cooking that up for dinner is going to be great. Um, you know, that's using food as medicine because both of them are very protective to the immune system and they're antimicrobial. Um, so they fight microbes and then reishi helps the brain because it's a nootrope. So mushrooms are very phenomenal. If we could eat them, take them, I would put them on my body if we could absorb them that way. Um, mushrooms are great, but, uh, and then garlic, onion, anything from like, you know, that allium family leeks, shallot, all that stuff is just going to be highly antimicrobial and help support the immune system and it has a little bit of fiber. So it's going to help feed the probiotics in the gut. Um, I could keep going, but I'll stop there just for the sake of time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. So good. And um, I know I was kind of thinking, gosh, I didn't even mention vitamin D. You did a couple times, but that's such, that's something that I, I take always, like, even though I get yeah. in the sun as well, I'm a big believer in vitamin D. So um, all the vitamins, but yeah. yeah, it's so important. And especially if you have, I've had low vitamin D in my life. And so bringing it back up to levels. It's been really good. So, yeah. All right. And what differences have you noticed? I'm curious because I deal with people well, who have vitamin deficiency and then we yeah. supplement. And I'm curious to know your experience if you don't mind sharing for a minute. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like any difference I've really noticed. I mean, I didn't really know I had a vitamin D deficiency until I was pregnant and they do all your blood panels. And then they said, oh, your vitamin D is low. Right. So that's kind of when I noticed it. And then um, I do feel like I mean, I always feel like don't jinx it, but like my immune health is pretty good. And that's partly because I think of vitamin D and the different antioxidant things I take some of this, but then the gut health is so important. And I drink, and we, you've told, told you this, I drink a ton of kombucha, which has a lot kombucha. of probiotics. And, and yeah. I, I swear by that. Like kombucha, that is really... I should have put that on the list of foods for oh, that's probiotics. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I could also eat a bowl of sauerkraut every day, but, um, and I love sauerkraut, but I don't love it that much, um, enough to eat it like in high not quantities, yeah. not every day, not every day, but I will drink kombucha every day of my life. Um, yeah, my four-year-old, I think I told you, she puts her step stool up to our kegerator and we she always water it down <laughs> herself, and she is now hitting it hard. Like the other day she has like three glasses. I was like, slow down. Wow. Oh but they're very active kids. So I know they're burning off um, some of that sugar that's in it, but yeah, they, they've got to have some good health, gut health. Um, but that's, that's not a, that's that is yeah. Huge. And that's using food as medicine. It's great. Food I love medicine. that. Yeah. Although I was going to just say a caveat, like, consult your doctor. Don't, don't take my advice. That's not medical advice to give that to your kids, but, um, I'll just say I do it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> consult your pediatrician. Um, yeah. all right. Well, let's do, yeah. Let me keep myself safe on that one. Let's do uh -huh. some true or false with immune health. 
So okay. just type in the chat, true or false, and we'll do kind of like a round robin style on this. All right, so question number one, keeping your feet warm and dry will help you prevent catching a cold, true or false? Gosh, it's definitely like an old wives tale, huh? I would say maybe it would help a little bit if your feet are kind of cold and wet. I don't know. I, the answer is Eva said true. Yes, you're right. It's true. It's okay. totally true. Yeah, when we have colder limbs, especially our feet, because uh, they have a lot of capillaries, which a lot of blood flows there, um, the lower our body temperature or the more we're battling cold and have to fight to keep our body temperature, the more vulnerable it makes us to pathogens because, again, they can't live in a 100-degree environment, which is why we spike fevers, but they can live very comfortably in 97 to 98 degrees. Um, and so just anytime we can create blood flow warmth in any extremity in cold season, um, it's going to keep the body warm, keep the core temperature, keep the immune system working, functioning, not really slowing down too much, um, and make us less vulnerable to uh, getting cold and flu during that season. Yeah. So you definitely want to keep your feet warm and dry as often as possible, uh, especially you know if you're out and about and you're in snow and you come home dry warm feet first and foremost is is going to be super beneficial for you and curbing your likelihood of getting some sort of cold or flu i love that actually it just reminded me so a friend of mine she helps the homeless and she's been doing this for years and i did a news story with her one time and she was saying the number one thing is socks that yep. that's like the number one those are gold um, among the homeless and I always try to donate socks because of that. And I need to do this where you put them in your car and you just have packs of it. And whether you hand them a whole pack or you just hand them some yep. socks, it's so important. And I have noticed sometimes like the people that are homeless have holes in their socks and that's because that's all they have covering their feet anyway. So it's so important. So if there's anything you ever want to do to give back socks, donate socks, just go grab some yes. packs of socks at Walmart donate or Target. Socks. Please. Yeah. Yes. Socks. So yeah, um, they can also be used um, as mittens and gloves, which is why, um, you know, they're super helpful in super cold weather as well, because they're going to help both uh, extremities, not just just the feet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're very sought after. I have a friend out in, um, in L.A. actually, he hands out packets of like basic hygiene and uh, little products and things like that every week to the homeless. And he always includes a couple pairs of socks. So important. So, yeah. yeah, they go through so fast and they get wet. You gotta, yeah. I mean, you can get an infection on your foot that's gonna be really bad if it stays so in that like. Yes, and then it spreads everywhere, and then there's sepsis, and it's like, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Feet, feet are precious. So keep them warm, keep I, them dry. Keep them warm, keep them dry. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things, like you know, thinking of people that that barely have the luxury to wear socks versus like I just got off the ski slopes and my feet are a little cold. Let me change out. So you know, it's very it's it's good to kind of think about it in like a real world world perspective. Is, yeah. So, yeah, that was good. All right. So number two, question number two: exerting your yourself outside in a cold weather and then taking off the layers to cool off quickly is a sure way to catch a cold. Okay. I kind of read that one weird, but basically you're working out outside, it's cold, and then you quickly take off your layers to cool off. Are you going to get a cold? I'm going to say no. Gonna say false? <laughs> okay. Anyone else? I'm just jumping in with that one. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Anyone? answer is maybe. 
<laughs> it's not a hard yes or no, to be honest with you, because when I read the question, so exerting yourself outdoors in a cold in cold weather, then taking off layers to cool off quickly is a sure way to catch cold. Um, it is a high likelihood, but it is not 100% meaning sure when I read it. So that's why I said maybe. So getting wet makes you more vulnerable to the cold. And what happens when you work out is you sweat, you get wet. So if you get damp, um, you know, your core temp will suffer and may not stay high enough, making you vulnerable, right? So exercising in like cold, rainy weather, it's always going to also increase the risk or snowy weather or just cold weather where there's dampness at all, like you're peeling off your layers. Um, hypothermia could be a thing. So be careful of that. Um, you know, be careful of stop and go activities. So if you do hit workouts or you do, um, other interval workouts where you're like sweating for five minutes and then you do something less strenuous for five or 10 and the sweat is kind of in the clothes, cooling you down. And then you sweat and bring your temp up and then, uh, you cool down. Um, that's actually making your core temp more vulnerable. So maybe in some people who don't have a great foundation or immune system to start with, yeah, they're most likely going to get a cold. It's not guaranteed, but the likelihood is high. But if you have a vital immune system and you're used to doing really strong contrast hydrotherapy, hot, cold, uh, you are an athlete by nature or by trade, and you're used to that kind of thing, clearly you've built a tolerance. The likelihood of you getting a cold isn't going to be as high. So that's why I say maybe, maybe, maybe. That's a good answer. All right. Next one. Your body fights off illness faster when you're asleep. Mm. True or false? I'm going to go true. I know that your body heals more when you're, well, I'll still say true. <laughs> I was going to say, I know sleep helps your body heal, but I don't know if it makes it faster. So your body fights off illness faster when you sleep. Um, hmm. No, I can understand. I'm trying to read the question from your perspective, but yeah, across the board, it's true. You're just, okay. your immune system is just, yeah, is your body's able to do more stuff when you're sleeping. You're not taking yeah. in new information and you're not trying to anticipate taking an action, making a thought or, a, you know, a phrase or speaking or there's just so much less your body has to do. So what is it going to do? It's going to finally catch up to that back burner stuff and heal that knee joint from a couple weeks ago or, you know, attack those pathogens if you're having an upper respiratory infection uh, rebuild the gut epithelium if you've recently had food poisoning. So when we rest more during any sort of illness where our immune system is kicked up, turned on and stimulated, then rest is going to be the best way for our body to get a, an edge, right? So think about it. If you get sick, how do you heal faster? By just basically dying and coming back to life? after three days and literally like resting, sleeping only to wake up for water, food, or using the restroom and then being able to get back to life on day four or, you know, people who push through and sometimes they have to, they don't have sick days. They can't take off life being a parent. I understand. So you kind of like grin and bear it. And it's kind of like really bad for five or six days, but you still push through and then you're still kind of crappy for another five days. And then finally at two weeks, you're just like, okay, I feel more myself now, right? That's because we didn't create the rest or the ability, uh, the downtime sleep consistency to allow the immune system to do its job as effectively. Um, so yeah, if you're feeling under the weather, <clears throat> 
I always tell this to my friends. I'm like, when in doubt, call me for a doctor's note. Um, <laughs> because I would rather you take a day off and actually rest and get ahead of the curve than just slow, you know, just this, I don't know. I feel like you are elongating the torture, um, by not yeah. allowing your body to rest when you're ill, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And sometimes your body like tells you like you're done, like it just shuts you down and you are sleeping. That's how you know you're really sick. <laughs> exactly. I was so, just like, going to say, that's power. when your body's demanding your attention. And yeah. you mentioned this before when we talked about, you know, yeah. uh, my whispers versus uh, middle world whispers, but like the body whispers to you, right? And it's trying to say like, hey, I need help. Hey, can we maybe not go out tonight and just stay in and sleep? And that was two weeks before you got the full blown flu, right? Because your body was asking for rest and we ignored it because we have stuff to do and lives to live and people to please. Um, but it's going to ask you all along the way until finally it demands and it refuses to allow you to do what you need to do. Uh, because it's like, no, it's, it's my time. I got, I got to figure this out. You know, I got to fight this off. I got to deal with this and I can't let you push, you know, bullying me get in the way. So they just take you down for the count. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you want to prevent that if you can, because that's a pretty that. severe, yeah, that's a pretty severe illness. Totally. All right. So next question. All right. Chicken soup helps to recover from colds faster. True or false? Mm. Um, I mean, I think it's helpful. I don't, mm, has some good ingredients in there. Can't hurt. <laughs> So the answer is, again, maybe. It depends. Maybe. Now, if we're getting fast food chicken soup versus homemade chicken soup, there's going to be a very distinct difference in nutrient profile, right? So they're probably using bouillon or boxed um, stock, generalized stock in restaurants or, um, or fast food or something like that pre-frozen food, um, you know, all of that. So that's really not going to be more than maybe a little bit of hydration and some macronutrients. When you make chicken soup at home, uh, when you are ill, and let's say you take the bones or the carcass, you boil it and make your own broth. Your take, think about what a bone is. It's composed of what? A calcium matrix filled in with different things like zinc, magnesium, phosphorus, right? So we're leaching that out into the water. Um, and so now the, the broth or the water it was now is broth, uh, or stock is very mineral rich, right? Um, and we need those minerals for the immune system to function. So if we're making that broth ourselves and then we're adding fresh whole vegetables and, um, you know, grass fed or free range, well, they don't eat grass, but free range, um, happy chickens that, you know, um, don't have a lot of antibiotics or hormones in them, which are inflammatory, but you know, that kind of stuff or vegan, you want a chicken substitute, that's going to be substantially more beneficial to the immune system, just in the nature of nutrient, uh, concentration alone. So that's why my answer is maybe, um, if it's home cooked, um, from the broth up, uh, organic veggies, all that good stuff, then yeah, it's definitely going to pack a punch and it's going to hydrate you because the broth, um, have healthy fats and easy to digest, uh, proteins and fibers and things. If you're going to just order it Uber Eats style because you're exhausted, hopefully the restaurant makes it homemade, but I would, you know, just get a can, an organic canned soup at that point. I feel like that's better than, than an ordering out situation because you can't, you don't really know, but at least for an organic Amy's 
in a can, you kind of know that the ingredients are coming from a well-sourced place. So there's going to be more nutrition than this, if that makes sense. So that's the hierarchy. Ordering out slash fast food restaurant, then probably canned from a really good high quality organic brand, and then definitely homemade for sure. Um, okay. What about we put bone broth, whether it's from like a packet or, you know, pre-made at the grocery store versus a can of chicken noodle soup, organic chicken noodle soup. So it's going to depend on the quality, right? That's like um, saying is vitamin C good, or I, I don't, when we have gone to different big box retailers and tested for vitamin strength, almost none of that vitamin was in that package, right? So does the bone broth, is it just saying bone broth? Do I know how it's sourced? Do I know how it's prepared? Is it heated too high and ruins a lot of um, these high quality nutrients? Is it from grass fed beef uh, or free range chickens? Because that's gonna matter, right? But I mean, when you can get it directly from the source, the lower the process, the better the benefit nutritionally. So going to a farmer's market and buying bones, whether they are beef bones, chicken bones, whatever, to make your own stock is always going to be better than any sort of freeze-dried powder, um, bouillon cube, or pre-made broth that you can buy on the shelf, right? It's just coming directly from the source. And so uh, more bioavailable, higher concentration rates usually um, and then there's no stabilizers added because those powders have to have stuff added to them as preservatives and to stabilize so they don't clump. So they still have like a, a silky powdery texture so they can stand a shelf for a couple of years uh, without going bad. And so when we're making it fresh from the bones themselves or directly from the source, we, we don't need all those excipients or extra things, you know, um, which who knows how they affect the immune system. You know, so, some scientists are still out trying to figure that out. Uh, so again, I think the answer for this question, sorry for going on a tangent is a maybe, uh, if you're going to do um, chicken soup, make it, but that was a good question. I like and, that question. And you're, you're a vegetarian, right? So you wouldn't even do chicken noodle soup, right? No, I wouldn't. I would just do yeah. veggie soup. Yeah. Veggie soup. Yeah. There you go. So there's so, a good option too. Yeah. Well, anytime that you can get, um, minerals or vitamins into your body when you're, when you're sick you know, it's going to be great, especially if they're easy to digest and they're comforting. I feel like we all are a vast majority of us have a comfort meal from when we were sick. Our mom used to make us or, you know, our family or that we used to do to comfort ourselves, um, when we weren't feeling well. So if you can have a really healthy, clean version of that, as you know, that fits into, again, your eating style, your dietary limits, your ethical, you know, decisions, um, then I would do that. Yeah. In every instance possible. <laughs> just feels good too. Yeah. Know? Okay. I have one I discovered recently, um, probably in the last two years. It's at, Star I'm not a huge Starbucks person, but I will say I will go occasionally. That's Starbucks and it's off the menu and it's called the medicine ball. And I swear by it. Like if you're starting to feel sick, order the medicine ball and it works. It's just like two different types of tea. And then they like infuse it with some steamed, I think lemonade and honey. And it's so good. If anything, it just hydrates you because it's so easy to drink. So anyways, yeah. there's a little pro tip for anyone. The minute you're feeling sick, go to Starbucks and get the medicine ball and they'll know exactly medicine what you're ball. talking about. I know. And I still go and get it sometimes when I'm not sick. And, oh man, they probably think like, here's this girl coming up all sick, <laughs> but it's really, it's, it's very tasty. tasty. Yeah. Tasty. Yeah, it's really good. I had one yesterday. Um, that's why it's on top of mine. 
my girls wanted a treat and I was like, okay, I'll drive through Starbucks and get you guys a treat. And, so that I right medicine ball. and then, yeah. Oh, I, I went one time to a Starbucks for my girls one time in the drive through. And now every time we pass one, which is, you know, you pass them like every 10 minutes when you're driving. Yeah. My two year old goes, mommy, Starbucks. I'm like, oh man, I should have never taken you. It's a customer. Cookies. Yeah. It's not the best. But anyways, I had one yesterday and my four-year-old goes, mommy, are you sick? And I said, no, I just really wanted this. And she was like, you shouldn't have that. And I was like, okay. You're so but cute. preventatively supporting the body. <laughs> I was like, it just sounded really good. I wanted it. So anyways, that's the medicine ball. All right. I've given a Starbucks a free ad. They did not sponsor her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. So if you have a moderate fever, should you try to bring it down as soon as possible? True or false? And I feel like I know the answer to this one is false, that you you actually should just kind of let your body try to heal. Yes. Yeah. If your temperature is below like 103.5, um, just let your body do its thing. The fever's there. It's built in for a reason. Like I said, so, so our normal body temperature for everyone for context is, should be around 98.6. That's textbook. Um, sometimes it's like a degree lower in people who have hypothyroid disease or autoimmune disease, just their core temperature, everything's, you know, working slower, lower. Um, and then sometimes people who are athletes, um, or who have higher metabolism or hyperthyroid might be half a degree to a degree higher. Um, but right around in that general range. Now, when we get to fever status, it, that's at a hundred degrees point four. So anything above that is considered a fever. So from 100.4 to 103.4, let's say for consistency, that's a three degree window that your core temp is raising to because bacteria, yeast, fun fungi, anything infecting you can't really live in that temperature. Now, if your body is working too hard above the three, 1035 and you get to 104 for longer than a day, um, I would definitely seek medical care. 104 is so hot that certain damage can start to happen in the body if it's not relieved soon. Um, but between the 100 and the 103, if that's where you're hovering at for a couple days, just really supporting the fever is actually going to be more beneficial in getting you well faster than if you were to take things to kill the, the fever, get the fever down. Um, the fever is there by design. It, it's doing stuff. It's doing its job. And so let's not, you know, fire it from its job. Um, support it. Give it what it needs. So, yeah, I think personally, anytime I've had a fever, anyone I know has had a fever between 100 and 103, it's all about supporting it, riding it out until it breaks. And then once it breaks, you should be downhill from there. So, um, I mean, unless it's extremely uncomfortable or causing some sort of ache, pain, or headache, you can take ibuprofen um, if you want to, which will probably lower it. But um, again, if you can handle it, medically speaking, um, and again, this is a disclaimer because you have, if you have other conditions or other issues or sensitivities, I don't know, but uh, for all intents and purposes, leave it alone if it's 1 to 103. Just rest, relax, go to bed, sleep it off. Let your body do its thing. All right. I love that. Okay. Well, let's shift gears a little bit because I want to get into our prebiotics and probiotics. So Dr. Jackie, could you tell us a little bit more about gut immune 
health and that connection. So how does our gut microbiome brain the immune system? Yeah. So the mind body paradigm or connection mind body, um, is not just in thoughts and emotions, but it's actually in the brain and the colon, which is where our microbes live. So, um, our brain, our mood, when we eat, how we respond to conflict, stress issues, problem solve our temperament, um, highly depends on serotonin and other neurotransmitters. And the gut microbes produce a significant amount of serotonin for the body. And yes, that's to relax the gut wall and keep it moving and functioning, but it's also for mood stabilization and the mind body connection. So, um, if we're highly stressed, we're not absorbing food. If our gut is inflamed, we tend to have a foggy mind or irritable mind, and they're inherently linked two sides of the same coin. So the gut microbes, um, actually can train the immune system to respond to different, um, pathogens from exterior. So like, for instance, uh, gut microbes act as like a gatekeeper. And then they, what they do is they allow things in and out and it teaches uh, our immune cells, our T cells specifically, to, if you want to look it up, um, it, they teach our immune cells to distinguish foreign bad guys, go after those versus our own tissues and cells and say, Hey, protect those. So if that's wonky, that's what autoimmune disease is. We can't decipher the difference. Our microbiome is just not there to help train. So our immune cells are just like, I don't know what you are. So I'm just going to like attack everything, but probiotics and, um, just healthy gut microbes, uh, do end up training those T cells to be able to d- differentiate bad guy, good guy, seek out and kill and protect. You know, um, and so the microbiome definitely trained the immune system in that way. And the mind, body, gut, you know, relationship is very, very, very important uh, with the serotonin thing happening. It's there's just so many layers to what the microbiome do. I mean, serotonin Mm -hmm. for our brain and mood, um, you know, T cell differentiation for immune B12 for energy. It makes K vitamins for strong bones and immune health. Um, it helps keep bad guys out and good guys in, it helps with weight management. It helps with, you know, mood, it can help. And when we make sufficient serotonin, we make enough good melatonin, which helps with sleep. So indirectly probiotics and microbes help with sleep. So across the board, I mean, we really are only as good as our gut microbes. Um, it's such a big deal, the connection. So especially when it comes to the immune system. Yeah, such a big deal. In fact, and I wish we were talking about having images, but I'm sure a lot of you guys have either seen the image or you can imagine it, but your gut literally looks like a second brain, like the way it's like coiled and shaped. So I mean, yeah, I don't think that's by coincidence. Like it's really like almost that connection is really there. So um, let's talk a little bit about the pre and probiotics. So this supplement is a new generation of probiotic and our formula, we have her for pro technology. So what that is, it's probiotics are like the good bacteria and it's accompanied by friendly phages and those are on their way to the digestive system. So the phages are crowding out that bad bacteria and they're making space for the good bacteria colonies to grow. So this allows the good bacteria to work more effectively in your digestive system and not die by the millions way before they reach their destination in the gut. And very, very few supplements on the market currently can actually do that. 
So I like to call this patented technology a smart approach to probiotic delivery. And it means that I can take 4.4 billion CFUs of good bacteria in a single serving of this. And every single one of those is gonna really count. So sometimes you'll see like CFUs and it'll say like, a hundred billion or something like that. Well, you might be like, okay, so the higher number is better, but not necessarily because a lot of them can die on their way to the digestive system. So that's just something to think about. And our probiotics are made in the USA. They're GMP certified and thoroughly tested by third-party labs. They are veggie capsules. You get 60 per bottle. They're $22.99 on Amazon. And right now during the live, you're going to get them for 20% off. So definitely click that banner to get that 20% offer, a really high quality probiotic supplement. And let's do another round of true or false. The same rules apply. Just type it and play along with us. And let's see how well I can do on gut health. <laughs> All right, so it takes a year to rebuild the gut flora after a round of antibiotics. True or false? I'm gonna say false. You can do it much faster than that. So what do you think it is if you don't think it's a year? I think you can rebuild it maybe like a few weeks to a month, if not sooner, because that, that's just what okay. my guess is going to be. I like that yeah. guess. I like that guess. So um, <laughs> you are correct in the falseness of that statement. Okay. <laughs> uh, after an analytic course. Yeah. So recovery of the gut microbe can actually take more time than we think. So in general, short-term antibiotic use of like five to 10 days, which is, um, you know, you're otherwise really healthy. Something happens, take an antibiotic for a week, and then you're not on it versus someone who's on an antibiotic every few months. So that's different, right? So we're talking about mm -hmm. having used an antibiotic in a year or two, taking it, that rebuilding process can take anywhere from two to three months up to six months, depending on the person. Now, if you're chronically taking or consistently taking antibiotics, more than two to three rounds a year, um, it could take years to rebuild that microbiome and retrain it. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. But most studies observe um, around one to two months for an otherwise healthy individual, but up to six months, uh, depending on the person. And especially their stress, their diet, their walk, you know, are they bouncing back? Did they take probiotics while on the antibiotics? Um, were they taking probiotics and eating probiotics right before and doing so right after? Uh, this is assuming it's in a controlled environment where nothing really changes. Um, so, you know, we're not hitting it hard with the probiotics during an illness. Now, that's going to get you closer to the one to two month um, kind of regeneration, where if nothing really changed, we didn't supplement, we didn't eat fermented foods, we didn't drink kombucha, none of that stuff, didn't eat fiber, right? Then we're looking closer at the six month line. Um, and it's kind of relative in between with how consistent we are with those fermented foods, probiotic foods, prebiotic foods and stuff like that. So, I mean, which is I way longer that. than what most people think, you know? Oh yeah, no, it's longer. I know, I wish they, I don't know, like when I was, okay, so when you're, you're pregnant, sometimes when you deliver, you have to get an antibiotic because it's like, I think it's like 50% of women have a thing called, I think it's strep B or something like that. You may know more about it than I do, but they, they make you get an antibiotic. And I was like, no, I don't want it. Like, I really don't want it. Because I'm like, I have such good microbiome from my years of kombucha. And I was like, I don't want to wipe it out. I hadn't had an antibiotic in forever. But they demanded. So, so I took it. No, no, they made me take it. 
Um, <laughs> I had to take an antibiotic, which is fine. At the end of the day, you know, happy, healthy baby. That's all that matters. But yeah. um, they never tell you after, well, now make sure you do probiotics. Like they don't, I, I just wish they'd give people that advice. And I think people that know it, it's, it's very smart. Like a lot of my friends will hit me up. Hey, I had to be on an antibiotic. Can I grab some kombucha from you guys? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. But it's like a lot of times you don't get that advice. So um, if you're listening and you've never heard that after you take an antibiotic, like pound your probiotics, like get your gut back to, to health yeah. or take some, you know, get your supplements. But, um, and yeah, like you said, even beforehand, if you can, if leading up to it, you can do that too. So. Yeah. And I'll take a dose of a probiotic in between my probiotics. Like in the day, if I have to take one every 12 hours, let's say I very rarely have taken them. Um, but you know, I was on one when I was traveling abroad, for example, uh, I found probiotic pearls as well at, um, just like a pharmacia shop that they had. And, uh, so in between the doses, which was every 12 hours at six hours, right. I would take a probiotic and I bounced back. That was, I think one of the only times that I was ill in the whole time traveling abroad, never got Bali belly, never got sick in India or any, you know, these common places where Westerners tend to get sick because we can't really, our body's not used to that kind of food or mm -hmm. the water or whatever. Um, knock on wood, you know, I was able to dodge that bullet just because I remember probiotics. And then the one time, you know, I was going to do safe than sorry and took the antibiotics, made sure to splice that dose with a probiotic to replenish so that it didn't knock me back, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's always a great idea. Probiotics, if you're going to take antibiotics or have to take antibiotics are always going to be helpful to make you bounce back faster for sure. Yeah. Anytime I've ever traveled internationally, I take probiotics with me and I, these are shelf stable, which means you don't yeah. have to keep them in refrigerator. So, so important. If you're yeah. traveling, take some probiotics with you. All right. We have time for probably a couple more questions. So 70% of our immune system is in the gut. True or false? True or false? Okay. 70%. I think it's higher than that. False. It's actually true. 70%. Oh. Yeah. Which is a pretty high number. I think a lot of people think of lymph nodes or they think of like their histamine response when they think of immune system. So they don't really yeah. realize how important the GI is. They just think that's where you use the restroom. You know, you break down food and yeah. use the restroom. They don't realize how inherently they're linked. So 70% of our entire immune system for our whole body resides in the colon or the GI tract, which is pretty, pretty amazing. All right, we're going to skip to our last one. All right, elevated white blood cell counts in our blood work is a sure sign of infection. True or false? I don't know much about this, so you okay. answer that so, one. <laughs> so elevated white blood cells. So we have two types of blood cells in the body, red, white. Red has our iron and helps with nutrition and all that stuff. That's what we look at for anemia and all that stuff if you've ever had it. White blood cells are your immune system. Okay, your immune system is what fights off pathogens, um, helps cell turnover, all that good stuff we've talked about this whole time. So to say that elevated white blood cells when they're high means it's a sure sign of infection. Again, it's that word sure that makes mm -hmm. me say maybe. It is a high likelihood, to be honest with you, because our body should make a certain amount of white blood cells. Not enough. Our immune system is really weak. And a lot of white blood cells means it's super turned on or highly active, which usually means it's fighting something, right? 
So in some cases though, it can be a side effect of a medication. It can mean autoimmune disease, not an infection necessarily. Um, it can be, it can mean a bone marrow disease, um, you know, uh, or cancer. So it doesn't always, it's not a sure way to know we have an infection, but it is a sure way to know the immune system is stimulated. Now what's causing that stimulation may in fact be an infection, but it could be some underlying disease processes as well. So it's a very basic foundational test. And it, you know, if white cells are elevated, we want to look deeper as your doctor. Now, neutrophils, which is a type of white blood cell, there are a ton of them, right? But the, the neutrophils are usually bacterial infections. So if you get a list of your white blood cells and it says neutrophils, and they're the ones that are skyrocketed, you probably have a bacterial infection. But if you go down the list, neutrophil, basophil, asonophil, and you see lymphocytes, and those are high, that's probably viral. So um, that's just a little snippet into lab work. So not always, but most of the time, something's going on there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's end this with your top three things that you just want everyone to remember about balancing your immune system. I, I know that I say this at the end of a lot of episodes for the three things, but I do think it's very important and it is the simple remove the bad stuff, everyone, when you can help it, add the good stuff, uh, as much as possible. Antioxidants, probiotics, fiber, water, rest, remove the bad stuff, free radical causing toxins, stress, poor diet, not drinking water, um, you know, alcohol, cigarettes, all that stuff as much as possible. So remove bad, add good, and the third thing is just listen, listen to those whispers. You know what you craving that tea, that medicine ball could have been a whisper for your body intuitively saying, I need a little bit more of these things. And the way it knew how to communicate with you is to create a craving for something that was healing. Right? So that's the listening piece. You just, you didn't question it. You weren't like, but I'm not even sick. This is ridiculous. You were like, Hey, I want it. It's not going to cause any harm. I'm going to do it and chances are it's because your body needed it, right? So listen, 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 whispers, listen, whispers, and just like pay attention and chill out. No bad, up good, chill out and listen. I love it. All right, that's like a perfect way to end. <laughs> we need help adding in the good. We have all these awesome supplements. They're in the carousel and you can get 20% off if you put them in your cart right now and check out. So. Definitely do that. Come join us next week. We'll be back on at Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And have a fabulous rest of your evening. And it's not Friday yet. Thanks, everyone. Happy early weekend. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hear the whispers from within. Balance to restore. Ailings to relieve. Feel the nature keeping us, nature healing us. Flowers, leaves, and rose within. Hear the mind calming you, soothing you. Love and kindness inside out. Let the herbs from middle world heal. Welcome wellness, welcome wellness. It's revealed herbs, middle world herbs.